So on Friday we had been discussing uh, the Midah of Zrizot in Perek Vav. And again we were underlining the fact that uh, this is very, very different from Zahirut and requires motivation. In the little parable that Ramchal now brings, he underlines how dangerous complacency, lack of motivation actually is. Generally, our approach is, and that has been the approach of the book as well, that negative things are worse than, uh, than being passive, right? So doing an isur is much more serious than not doing a mitzvah. Not doing a mitzvah means you've not fulfilled a potential. Doing an isur means that you've actually done something negative. However, as Ramchal is about to explain, this can create a false sense of security. In what way? So let's take the mashal that he gives and expand it a little bit. If you can imagine a beautiful garden with uh, well-cut grass, uh, weedless, um, full of beautiful flowers, roses, tulips, all types of different flowers, my favorite, Siporigan Eden, uh, all of these flowers going around, a couple of trees, which are fruit trees, and it's the most beautiful, it's beautiful, beautiful uh, garden. Now, one way of ruining that garden, if one God forbid wanted to ruin such a garden, would be to take a pickaxe and a shovel and a saw or an axe and just physically destroy the garden. Smash down the trees, dig up the grass, uh, break the plants, cut the roses in a bad way that they won't grow back again. And in a very, very short period of time, you can turn, if you so wish, uh, the most beautiful garden into a pit, into the most horrible site. There's another way, however, that you can ruin the garden, and that's by not touching it. If you don't cut the grass, then the grass will grow wild, weeds will begin to grow, they will begin to, as they do, uh, suffocate the plants, plants will die, the tree will dry up, um, the plants will be ruined, and the grass will look ridiculous. Meaning that if I don't touch the garden for a long period of time, and I revisit that garden, that garden will be an absolute mess. What Ramchal is trying to show us is, there are two ways to ruin the garden. I can ruin the garden by actively destroying it. And I can do that very, very quickly. However, I can also ruin the garden by not looking after it. By being complacent, by being lazy, by not weeding, by not cutting the grass, by not pruning the flowers. And this is actually, even though the damage takes a lot longer, there is a certain more severe danger in complacency than there is in active destruction. When I physically destroy something, when I physically do something bad, I'm very, very conscious of what I have done. I can see the results immediately, and although somehow I lost control and did what I did, it's very clear to me that I did it, it's very clear to me that what I have done has created negative results. When I'm complacent, when I don't touch the garden, it's not that the garden is overnight going to turn into a jungle. What's going to happen in the garden is that 
Slowly but surely the grass will, will get a bit higher. It won't be so bad at the beginning. And then I'll start to notice a few weeds, you know, growing a bit faster than the grass. Then I'll notice that the, uh, the roses that had beautifully blossomed have now dried up. And uh, the tree, the leaves of the tree have fallen all over the grass and uh, there's no one to pick it up. But it would look a little messy. I'll leave it for another couple of months and the grass will start to become uh, really, really ugly. The roses might have died, but certainly they're not growing as they should. And the tree is undernourished because I'm not looking after it. It's, I don't know, maybe I'm not watering it properly. If I leave it for another half a year, the garden will be unrecognisable. But you understand complacency and laziness, the effects of those actions, are very, very slow. And therefore you don't notice it, as opposed to a negative action where you are immediately conscious of the results of your actions. The results of complacency and laziness are very, very gradual and very slow. It's not that you wake up one day and you're suddenly not eating kosher. It's one day you don't make it to Minion. Or you make it late to Minion so you stop saying Korbanot. That's not so bad not to say Korbanot. A lot of people don't say Korbanot, but I'm saying it's okay to Zimra. Okay. And you get used to not saying Korbanot. Or maybe late at night, you know, you used to say all of Kriyat Shema Lamita, and uh, you're tired, so whatever. So you say the Brachli, you say Shema Yisrael, then tired, must speak. But at the end of the day, you're still saying Kriyat Shema. At the end of the day, you're still saying Shachri. And then uh, a few months follow, and whatever, you fall asleep sometimes without saying Kriyat Shema. You're not saying all of Pesukim now, you're just saying Baruch Shema, Asher Yishtavach. And you're, saying, you're, you're doing a davening in 15 minutes, you've not been out to minion for ages. And this goes on and there's slow, slow deterioration. And then one day you wake up and you don't actually understand why you're doing anything at all. How did you get there? You get there because we're complacent. This can happen, you know, for those of you who are older students who were in the Midrashah a while ago. I'm sure you're aware of this, right? You come out gung-ho very, very uh, sure that you're going to fulfill everything, everything you're going to do, and um, you say it slowly wears off, and you find yourself uh, just easing up on yourself, you find yourself uh, compromising where you would never have compromised, and then a few stages later, and before you know it, you just turn into what everyone is, else is, very, very average, complacent, uh, so-called religious Jew, but there's no real active religiosity in your religiousness. You're just doing it. You're walking the walk, you're talking the talk, but there's no, no real meaning. How do I know so much about this? Because this happened to me, and I'm very, very aware of it now. When I came out of yeshiva, I was uh, the most incredibly stark Yeshiva, but I was crazy, you know. I've told you before, the books on flipping out in Yeshiva must have been uh, based on me. I was crazy. I was so machmer in everything. All I wanted to do was learn, learn, learn. I was stuck. I didn't want to speak to girls, didn't want to see anyone or anything. And I went back to England, and uh, that's what I was. That's the way I was. I drove my parents crazy. I did terrible things. I was so extreme. I, and... Uh, I didn't want to study in college. I was just learning at the back and learning on the train and learning here and learning there. All I wanted to do was learn. I came home at night, got a bus, had a chabrusa, came home by bus, and that was it. That's what I did. 
And slowly I, I got back, for whatever reasons, without going into the whole detail now of, of what happened, but I got more involved in, in the Hevra uh, after about half a year. And, and that brought other compromises and so on and so forth until three and a half years after I got back from Israel. Uh, having gone back as a very sharp yeshiva boy, I still had my sit out, I was still going to Minyan, but I looked at myself and I looked at boys just coming out of yeshiva and I cried. I was, I was in tears. I, uh, what happened? It was such a wake-up call. What happened and, and how do I get back to the way I was? Now, the truth is I never got back to the way I was. But I, I did to a degree... I was to a degree able to uh, to recuperate, to, to somehow pull myself up. But you understand, that wake-up is three years later, four years later, after you've compromised each day a millimetre, a millimetre, a millimetre. You just let the garden grow. You didn't garden. You weren't on guard. And the weeds grew, and the grass grew out of proportion, and the flowers died, and, uh, and the tree was totally mismanaged. And suddenly that beautiful garden isn't a beautiful garden. Can you make it a beautiful garden again? Yes, of course you can. But is it hard? It's enormously hard. It's so difficult to get back there again. And uh, therefore, with, with, with this, with this like a mashal, the Ramchal has really driven the point home. You, you, you are aware, Chazal were aware, the Torah was aware that doing a bad thing is worse than not doing a good thing. You're only chayav karet. On two mitzvot say that you don't do, right? Brit Milah and Korban Pesach. Otherwise, if you don't do a mitzvot say, you don't put on tefillin. Okay, you don't, you don't, you don't uh, face, you don't hear uh, the Kriya of Amalek on, 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 on the Pasha of Zachor. Uh, any mitzvot doraita that you don't actually, you don't hear shofar. So it's a bad thing, but, but you've not done an isu. If I go and have a cheeseburger, I've done an isu. If I go and eat on Yom Kippur, I've done an isu. Everyone, everyone agrees that doing an isu is worse than not fulfilling a potential. However, it breeds complacency. Laziness breeds complacency. And complacency means that you're not aware of deterioration. When you do something negative, you're immediately aware of deterioration. If you do it very often, you become unaware of it. But if you, if, if you do something bad, you're immediately aware. If you, if you don't do good stuff, if you're not fulfilling your potential, you do not realize it immediately. And you wake up one day and you look at your peers and your peers are somewhere else. They've moved on. They've, they've done other things. And you're not. You're still where you were. Because you were complacent, because you weren't aggressive, because you weren't fulfilling, you weren't fulfilling, you weren't fulfilling your potential. Uh, and therefore, Zrizut comes after Zahirut. And even though it's not as serious, it's, it's extremely serious. Because I think this is the biggest problem that we have in our lives. Again, I speak for myself, is, is not fulfilling potential. It's not, being, it's not being driven. And when you look at the great people, however you want to define great people, but the people who've achieved in life, whatever they've achieved, these are people who were determined and aggressive and active. I'm not suggesting chas v'shalom one should be aggressive in a negative way, but they were active, driven, driven to fulfill. And, and, and that drive has to come from within. It can't be an ulterior motive drive. It has to come from within. So we have, we have seen today a further definition of Zrizot, and these are, I would humbly suggest, extremely, extremely important points to internalize. Have a good day.